This is something I wish I had when I first started out. The unscripted posing app for photographers has everything you need to empower your photography business all in one spot. From posing and prompt inspo to client management, galleries, collaborations, and everything in between. Take photos you love and turn your hobby into your dream business. With a seven-day free trial, listeners of the Oshu podcast can get $20 off a yearly subscription with the discount code CASTY20. So go search unscripted in your app store and download it today. Use the code CASTY20 and start turning your passion into a dream business. Welcome back to another episode of Oh Shoot. Today, we have a guest on the podcast, and I'm super excited to chat with Cheryl. I have Cheryl Kitchener on today, Um, and if you don't know her, she is amazing, and I'll have her introduce herself and kind of give you guys a little rundown on who she is. So Cheryl, say hi, and just let everyone know like who you are and what you do and yeah, all that. Hi everyone, Um, my name is Cheryl. I'm a mom and a photographer and the founder of the Unscripted app. Yes, and I'm sure a lot of you use Unscripted. I swear everyone that I know uses the app, like especially people that are like first starting out. It's like that is the resource. So I'm super excited that you're here. I have lots of good questions for you. We're going to talk a lot about the app itself and kind of like how it got started. And then like, we'll talk about posing and all of that. So, um, why don't you just tell me like how you started unscripted and tell me the story of it? Cause I'm super fascinated to know like that whole side of like the background of it. I got started in entrepreneurship out of desperation. I graduated high school straight into the global financial crisis and really struggled to get a job. I just found it really discouraging Um, it was just a really tough time for everyone to get a job and especially a young person just graduating high school. I hadn't been to university. So I just ended up finding myself cleaning and waitressing and I was really desperate to get out of my small town. There wasn't a whole lot of opportunity there. So I went traveling. I found myself over in Southeast Asia for a year almost and that was just an amazing experience. And I started teaching English over there and kind of picked up my love for photography around that time. I met a very handsome Australian man. So I followed him back to Australia (laughs) and he was from Sydney. So I found myself in Sydney, which was so exciting. I had never lived in a city before. I had hardly been to a city before. I had never been to a concert before. It was all very, very new. So (laughs) I just thought, this is it. My life is finally beginning. This is just the best possible situation I could have found myself in. So I desperately tried to get a job there and it was even harder. Um, Just, I was virtually a backpacker. So even just getting a waitressing job or a cleaning job was really hard. So I just found myself in entrepreneurship because I just, I had to make it work. I was so excited to be in Australia and I wanted to stay. So I started buying and selling stuff on eBay. And um, that was like the genesis of my entrepreneurship story. I was Mm -hmm. just like flabbergasted that I could like make money buying and selling stuff on eBay. And I didn't have to show up and clean and waitress and, you know, all the things I had done for so long that yeah, it was just shocking to me. Um, so yeah, that was the start of my entrepreneurship journey. And then it was um, kind of, oh, it's hard to explain the timing. We definitely had the iPhone, but it wasn't widely adopted. Not everyone had a an iPhone. I still had mm-hmm. like a Motorola Razor flip phone or something along those lines. Okay. Um, but my sister came over from Canada and visited me and had an iPhone and we were sitting on the beach and she just kept 
saying, let's take a photo, let's take a photo. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and we sat next to each other on the beach and she would like hold out her iPhone and try and position it in a way because there was no forward facing camera at the time to take a photo. At the time, the term selfie wasn't a thing. So I can't even call it that because that wasn't what it was. It was just <laughs> two sisters trying to take a photo. Um, and I was like, this is like, this is difficult. I, I feel like we need a timer. We need like something to make this more easy. Why is it so hard to take a photo on your phone of yourself? So um, I had been kind of consuming uh, Tim Ferriss for our work week, all those sorts of authors at the time that were really prolific and um, talking about entrepreneurship and making your own way in the world. And I believe it was Tim Ferriss that interviewed um, this app developer, and he wrote this book called The 4-Hour App, um, which <laughs> was funny because Tim Ferriss wrote The 4-Hour Workweek. I just thought it was hilarious, so I yeah. bought it and I read it, and my mind was blown. I was just like, what do you mean people are making apps for the iPhone? Like, this is amazing, and you don't really need that much technical knowledge. Um, looking back, I realized it was a lot harder than the book said but <laughs> at the time I was like I'm gonna try this I'm gonna do this so I did I discovered like freelancer.com and all those sort of freelance websites and started connecting with different developers and graphic designers and I actually had already had a bit of experience hiring a graphic designer overseas when I was doing the eBay stuff because I hired I think an American designer on freelancer to fix up my um, product photos for eBay. So I had already kind of explored that and I, I was mm -hmm. confident with that. I, I knew what to do and um, how to like ask interview questions and that sort of thing. So yeah, I found a developer, found a designer and I had a $2,000 budget and I was like, I really want to make this app where it has the self-timer and you can take a photo after like three seconds, five seconds, 10 seconds. Um, and so I built it and it was really fun. I didn't think anything of it. I figured out how to publish it on the app store and it absolutely took off. It was at a time where there wasn't many apps on the app store. So getting popular on the app store wasn't as much of an issue as it is now. Um, and the biggest coin of all, which I will credit my sister for, was I called it Selfie. And it was at a time where Kim Kardashian selfies were just becoming a thing. And it just absolutely mm -hmm. exploded. Got millions and millions of downloads. And um, it wasn't properly monetized, so it didn't make any money at first. <laughs> but it was yeah. just amazing to be able to reach millions of devices. I was like, this is crazy. Mm -hmm. So I put an in-app purchase in it, which was like little like makeup packs and stuff. And it was nothing compared to <laughs> what we have today. This was long before Facetune, long before like <laughs> the smudge tool in Lightroom. <laughs> this yeah. was cutting edge for the time, guys. It was <laughs> little like eyeliner stick-on stickers and stuff like that. Okay. Um, and that was a 99 cent upgrade. And I just couldn't believe that I was making money from this app. And I mm -hmm. had only ever waitressed and cleaned and I never made proper money before. So to be in my early 20s making proper money and being able to travel Australia was just like, what? This is amazing. I was totally hooked. Mm -hmm. um, but not all things last forever, especially on the app store. So <laughs> I had a few good years and then the forward-facing camera came out and Facetune and all these things and um, the, yeah, the ride ended. But <laughs> mm -hmm. it was a great gravy train while it lasted and I learned so much and was totally, totally hooked on the Power Mobile apps. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that was the story of how I like made my first app. But then, yeah, I, I made a few more actually in that time and they didn't work. They flopped. So okay. I was like, okay, you know what? Maybe this isn't as easy anymore. Let's do something else. I had my first baby and re, um, fell in love with photography and videography. So I went to school for photo and video, which was just awesome. I couldn't have afforded to go to university right out of high school. So 
being able to do that with a young um, child at home and my husband was able to support me through that. So that was just awesome. I was stoked to be able to, to do that. I learned so much. Um, so I started um, doing little wedding videos and it started just with like um, friends and then friends of friends. And the really cool part of that was I was able to shadow all these photographers with all these different styles. And I don't know what it's like now, but at the time, the videographer's job, or at least they told me this, was stay out of my way. I'm the photographer, I'm leading the show, I'm directing, you're simply behind my shoulder. (laughs) I hope it's changed now. (laughs) Um, But this was like early days for videography. It wasn't super popular. It was something that people just thought to add if they had um, some spare money or someone in the family wanted it, it, we didn't have, I'm sure it's still a little bit like that, but importance was still very much on photography. Mm-hmm. But um, I really battled with that because I was shadowing these photographers and they were amazing at composition. They were amazing at light. They're amazing at directing their couples to stand in like great positions and just look super elegant and beautiful. But in video, like especially a wedding couple in a, in a dress, like there's not a whole lot of movement that happens with that. So in a wedding video, it's really quite challenging as a videographer to get movement and to get emotion when the photographer is just spending 10 minutes getting the shot. Um, mm-hmm. And you only have a short portrait session, sometimes like an hour or less. So I just didn't find like I was getting any opportunity to really capture movement um, and make my videos interesting, really. Mm-hmm. So there was one photographer that really took me under her wing, and she was like, why don't you like take 10 minutes and just direct the couple? Um, I think it was actually the whole wedding party. And I was like, what? <laughs> okay, <laughs> you'll help me, right? <laughs> um, so I did, and she was like, that was amazing. I've never really thought of adding movement into my um, sessions before. I've been a wedding photographer for 10 years and I always do the same thing over and over and over again. So she was just so supportive and really just, yeah, helped me to realize that movement is really important in creative mediums and getting emotion. And so therefore, I'm sure you can see where this is going. <laughs> um, my like love for posing and prompting was born. So I was like, mm-hmm girl, I have an idea. (laughs) I like think I'm going to go and do this idea. Um, So the inspiration for Unscripted Posing App was born. So I went back to the same designer and same developer and built it. And I kind of just built it for her and I. I was like, we just need a really quick visual reference of different things we can get our couples to do to create movement and Um, interest in both my video and your photo Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah that was how it started and it started Mm -hmm. with nothing it started with like 50 couples poses and (laughs) it was yeah very very simple and I really didn't expect it to ever be seen by anyone else other than us so yeah that was the start of unscripted that's so cool what I love about that story is you found like a gap and you found within something that you love, you found a hole that needed to be filled and you filled it. Um, and I feel like that is like, honestly the true like recipe to success, I guess is finding the hole and finding the need and offering a solution. Um, and also like, I think it's really interesting that you had, multiple apps before um and like some of them didn't work like I think that's also a really good life lesson is that like sometimes it's not gonna work and you like you can't really get down on that because if you would have stopped after the first like the second one wasn't a success like you would never have unscripted you know like you would have probably never got there because you would have been discouraged and given up so I love that story. That's actually, that's so cool. Thank you for sharing. (laughs) Yeah, I think um, I've tried lots of things that didn't work. There was lots of other things in there as well. (laughs) 
Uh, I think that's the story of every entrepreneur is you have to really be comfortable with failure and wasting money. And especially in my case, I didn't have very much money. So I always went into everything with like a very small budget. Um, I was like, what am I comfortable losing on this bet? And with the eBay thing, it was like a thousand bucks. Um, And then with... (laughs) I actually think Unscripted launched with maybe a $3,000 budget. It was wow. tiny and it was yeah. basic. It mm-hmm. <laughs> was really, really simple. Um, but that was the most I was willing to spend on something that I didn't think was going to work. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I really, I find that in my team now and um, my friends is this desire for perfection at all costs. And I just don't think that's the way to push yourself forward. Um, for example, this podcast, I am not going to be perfect at it, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> and um, you have to push yourself to be a bit uncomfortable and your first go might not be, you might be super, super embarrassed by it, but mm-hmm. you've just got to give it a crack. Um, yeah. So I'm always encouraging people in my circles and my team and you know everyone that I work with just it might not be perfect, but <laughs> done is better than perfect. So let's just get it out there and yeah. um, get some feedback and reiterate. And then like what Unscripted is today is definitely not what I would have pictured then. So mm-hmm. I absolutely and 100% needed everyone's feedback to get it to where it is. Um, I think we often have a little bit of this ego that we know best and we know what people want in our photography. We know what like... Uh, what the best way of doing something is. We know what the best client experience is, but the only way to actually, yeah, learn that is by making lots of mistakes along the way. And you can't mm-hmm. not do those shoots or, you know, to because you're worried that you won't create the perfect experience or the perfect photo. Yeah, it's true. It's like your business has to be adaptable. Like you just have to be able to change as you need to change. So like with your first app, like it worked for a while, but then like it didn't. And so you kind of like, I almost feel like your first app ties in really well to unscripted in a way, you know, it was kind of like along the same lines, you know what I mean? But you know, you changed it and adapted it and made it different. And I think like, even with like you were saying, when you would do video versus photography, like someone had been doing the same poses for like 10 years But like once you go and you're able to adapt and change your business in order to make your customers happy, like your clients happy, like that's a really good mindset to be in, like just willing to change, willing to adapt. Um, I literally always try to think that with my business because I feel like I get kind of butthurt (laughs) a little bit if someone gives me like feedback and it's not like the perfect feedback that I want. I like sometimes I take it personally, but I don't really do it anymore, but I used to be really bad about taking things personally. Um, so yeah, I think that's just a good lesson. It's just like being willing to take feedback, be adaptable, be willing to change. Absolutely. I hundred percent believe in that. Yeah. Okay. So if someone listening wants to follow like a similar path as you, let's say like app development or just like entrepreneurship in general, what is some advice that you would give them or like things that you've learned? Yeah, I think um, self-educating is a really, really big one. There was no way I would have learned how to build an app if I (laughs) went to university for anything other than like app or web development, which I did not have the grades to do. So (laughs) that was never going to be my path. Um, And even now, like as a someone in the app industry, it is moving incredibly fast. I have to consume so many different podcasts, so many different YouTube channels. I'm on Twitter, which I never wanted to be on Twitter. I'm not personally like, I don't post on Twitter, but I follow people on Twitter because like app developers are on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) I learn so much through them and I have to be active. I have to know what's happening Every single software update brings new challenges and I need to know what's happening before it happens. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think a big part of entrepreneurship is just being obsessed with the industry that you're in and consuming everything you can. Um, I listen to, I've got three kids, so finding opportunity is really hard to self-educate, but 
anytime I'm driving without them, I'm listening to a podcast. If I'm folding laundry, I'm listening to a podcast. I have a two-year-old that doesn't want to go to sleep. So I sit in her room and I listen to a podcast <laughs> until she falls asleep. So I'm just finding every single opportunity to consume education in my space. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think that's really important, especially when you're starting out in a new industry. Um, and there's such amazing resources out there for entrepreneurs and photographers, especially. So it's not hard yeah. to find. Yeah. And if you want to like grow and learn in a topic, like you can learn about something too. Like, like you can consume content that's going to help you learn something that you want to, like, you don't, like you said, you don't have to be an expert on it, but like just put in the effort to kind of like brush up on topics and like learn about things that maybe are just a little bit outside of your comfort zone. But ultimately I do feel like that helps you in the long run. Even if it's not necessarily like business oriented, I think just being willing to like take your mind outside of the box that you put it in and just like think about different avenues. Like for me thinking about like merch and clothing was not really something that I thought even related to my business but I just like learned about it because I was interested in it and then I was able to start like creating different designs and like launching different products so I think if you can just like like you said educate yourself just be willing to put in the time because it does take time we have to be willing to put in the time and the energy um but it, it does pay off like if you are learning about the right thing so yeah totally like that so <laughs> If you could go back in your whole journey that you just talked about, and if you could redo anything, is there anything that you would redo or something that you regret or anything like that? Oh, yeah, so many things. But I think that's life in general is <laughs> all those bumps along the way, really. Um, mm-hmm. You learn from them. And I wouldn't be where I am now without those real bad mistakes. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I wouldn't do them differently. I definitely wish they didn't happen. I could learn in a different way. But um, at the same time, yeah, you have to be comfortable with making mistakes. You have to be comfortable with embarrassing yourself. I find that in photography, especially like um, dealing with the public is really difficult. And sometimes you say the wrong thing. Sometimes you say the totally wrong thing at the wrong time. And you're in these intimate moments, especially at the wedding. And oh, I've definitely said some things to like bridal parties or something. I'm like, oh, wow, what did I just, <laughs> oh gosh, what did I just say? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so not only in business, but in just like dealing with the general public, um, we're always making mistakes and always learning. And I, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't take any of it back. It's definitely yeah. paves the way for where I'm at now. And I'm definitely doomed to make many more mistakes, but <laughs> That's just part of it for sure. I think, um, like back to your question of like how to start an app, um, I definitely get asked that all the time and I wish I had a better answer for that. But um, in my case, uh, I definitely would have done it differently if I knew what I know now. Um, It's a lot easier if you know what design program to use and you know what kind of developer to hire and you know what sort of software you're building for. Um, for example, with Unscripted, um, it was a mobile app for a really long time. We only just launched a web platform six months ago. So that's just okay. a perfect example of, gosh, I wish I kind of knew what it was going to be today because I would have built it entirely differently if I knew it was going to be a web platform. Um, okay. So it's been really hard to rebuild all the technology to be cross-platform um, and be able to support so many users. So yeah, that was, yeah, I would have <laughs> definitely done it differently if I knew, but how could I have known? Um, yeah. So yeah, I think it's important to think about that in your businesses. Where do I actually want to take this? What is like the crazy dream? Um, mm-hmm. What would that look like? What would I need to prepare for now? And mm-hmm. I am definitely a, you know, not someone that strives for perfection. I just strive to get things done. And with that comes the issues. I don't always think super far ahead. So when I was making Unscripted, I didn't think, you know, I didn't have that crazy dream. So I guess my advice is to have that crazy dream. Think about (laughs) every possible scenario and make sure you've built a foundation for that. Yeah, that's good advice. I feel like it's kind of discouraged 
nowadays, but I really feel like being kind of like a dreamer and like just having these really big goals for yourself, although they might not be realistic or maybe they don't even happen, but it's almost just like having that idea and like doing small little action steps to get you there. I th- I think it's just really healthy. Like if you're always just being content, staying stagnant where you are and not wanting to like continue to dream about like what's next. I think that's kind of like not a great place to be in. Um, I feel like you did have a big dream though with your app, but you know what I mean? Like, I feel like even if you're just like a photographer, like if you want to get into like, let's say travel photography, but right now you're only shooting locally and just like you only have a few sessions here and there, like, don't be afraid to dream big and dream about your future as like a travel alumnate photographer or whatever, and take small, tiny action steps to help you get there. It doesn't have to be like your whole commitment for like, you know, your whole work day, but just like doing small things to help you get there and help you achieve those goals and those dreams. I feel like, like, why not? Like you just have to dream sometimes. And I kind of feel like if you don't, then it's like, man, you, you wouldn't have imagined that it happened, you know, like you're saying, <laughs> Totally. Yeah. I think <laughs> create a really unrealistic dream and, and, and strive for that for sure. Mm-hmm. Because even if you don't reach it, you're still going to be better than, you know, planning for a smaller dream. Um, right. So I'm a big fan of that for sure. Yes. Yeah. We're big dreamers over here. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So I want to talk to you about posing because you literally have an app about posing. Your the app is more prompting, correct? Not so much posing, but prompting, like getting movement. Wow. Yeah. Right. You go. Yeah. Okay. I brushed up on my vocab words before we uh, came on the podcast. Well done. Yeah. Just wanted I to make sure. always have to explain what prompting is and the difference between posing. And I don't want to say that my description is the only description, but um, the way that I learned it from watching all these photographers was posing is very directional. It's very much about configuring your clients in an appeasing way where they are, you know, well lit, the composition is good, there's no tree branch coming out of their head, um, the light is on their faces, and they look their best. To me, posing is like that configuration of people. Um, And then if you don't actually say anything, (laughs) you're just going to get this awkward, stiff, um, posed client. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's where prompting comes in. And that's what I just really am obsessed with. Prompting is what you say to bring in movement and bring in emotion and bring in the play. So um, a pose is, hey guys, can you guys go stand over there and walk back and forth really slowly and just, yeah, just do that over there. Um, and you might do that for a little while. And then prompting is, all right, I want you to kiss from the top of your partner's head all the way down to their neck. And now I want you to do it again, but quicker. And this time, blow in her ear, something like that. Um, And what do you think is going to be the difference between those two (laughs) sets of directions? One is going to be full of laughter and intimate moments, and you're going to get a large variety of shots. Um, And then the first one, if they're just walking back and forth, you might get one or two shots from that. So for me, as a videographer, I was just desperate for movement and like variety in my footage. Um, Mm -hmm. So I wanted emotion. I wanted lots of movement. And then walking back and forth was just not enough movement. I needed them to be doing different things, getting close together, getting far apart, just bringing in the play. Um, so I, yeah, my, uh, my belief in prompting is real. I'm very passionate about it. (laughs) You really need to bring the play and a hundred percent that's going to bring the client experience. If they don't remember anything else, they're going to remember the play that you did with them, how you got Mm -hmm. them to interact with each other. And they're going to remember it. I get a family photo shoot every year and, I look at those photos and I remember what we did. I remember that it was raining in one of them. I remember that like 
the kids didn't want to go and like one didn't want their, her hair brushed. <laughs> um, I remember everything about them. And I remember my experience with that photographer. So mm-hmm. I think if you look at the piece of art that you've created, which is this photograph that's going to sit on a wall for maybe years and years and years, well past, you know, you might not even be a photographer and they're still sitting on people's walls mm-hmm. and they're going to remember that experience. So I think client experience is so important and one of the easiest ways you can bring good client experience is by utilizing posing and prompting in a really fun way. Yeah. Cause it's almost like you are like creating these memories in the moment. Um, kind of, you know, it's like by not directly telling your client what to do, like if you're posing and you're not, you're just being kind of aloof and, you know, not super directional and it's kind of impersonal like that, that doesn't really create long lasting memories. But if you are giving prompts and you're kind of allowing a little bit of wiggle room for your clients to have fun with it and do whatever they want with it, I feel like that does kind of create like these little memories because it is a little bit unique to them, you know, cause everyone can do a prompt differently, but it's hard to do a pose uniquely when you're, you know, kind of given this like stiff thing versus something that has more movement, you know? Yeah. And it creates authentic moments. Um, I think it's really important as photographers that we don't expect all of our clients to be the same. Um, I did move from videography to photography at, at one stage in that story that I was long enough, so I left that bit out. But um, <laughs> I went to do like a, I think it was a couple session. Yeah, it was a couple session um, on a beach and the client stepped out of the car and they were, maybe they just had a fight. I don't know, but they were just not into it. They were not into me. It was incredibly <laughs> awkward. They didn't want to talk to each other. They hardly wanted to look at each other. They didn't want to talk to me. Um, the whole thing was really brutal to be honest. Um, and I was like, Oh, I don't even know what to do. I was totally thrown. And I, <laughs> I wish I could say I leaned on my prompting knowledge from videography, but I just totally blanked. Like (laughs) I did not know what to do with these people. I kept telling them to like walk really far away from me just to get some space from them Mm because they were just like a dark cloud and I did not know how to connect with them. Um, But what that taught me was I think I was expecting all of my clientele to be the same. They were all going to be bubbly and outgoing and want to run into the sunset because I'm bubbly and outgoing. So therefore that's what I'm going to attract. And that's not true. Um, so that really taught me that I need to lean into vulnerability. I need to lean into people who are introverted. I need to be prepared for people to not be wanting to be there, um, mm-hmm. especially with kids. Um, so that, yeah, reinforced that prompting is your get out of jail free card in that, in that case. You need to have an arsenal of prompts for people who are introverted and Mm -hmm. that aren't run into the sunset and, you know, um, kiss her really fast and tickle him or blow in her ear or say, you know, dirty things. Like you need to have some introverted ones that are calm Mm -hmm. and respectful and easy because not all your clientele is going to be the same. Um, So that's why I think prompting is definitely a bit of a study. Um, when I started, I would write them like my go-to prompts on my hands. I even had like flashcards. Obviously that was, you know, fraught with air because you'd wash your hands halfway through a wedding and your prompts were gone. Um, (laughs) so hence the need for the scripted app. Um, we always say like, keep it in your pocket because you just don't know what's going to happen. And if you just need that get out of jail free moment, tell your clientele to walk really far away from you and mm-hmm. look at it. Um, a lot of people think they, they feel a little bit in, unprofessional if they admit that they just need a minute to look at their phone. Yeah. Um, but we've heard so many users be empowered by actually sharing that with their clientele and looking at poses with their clientele. And right. then their clients get really involved in the process and they're like, that is so cool. Let me look at yeah. that. I want to do that one. And then yeah. like, who's a photographer like, oh, I didn't think you were that kind of person, but sure, right. <laughs> let's try it. So how you utilize prompting is, is up to you. And there's lots of different ways to utilize the app. But personally for me, I will show up at a session 10 to 20 minutes early and um, look through my saved 
poses and prompts. And if I haven't saved any, I'll do it then in the car. <laughs> and mm-hmm. just really familiarize myself with their questionnaire answers, like what the kids' names are, just knowing their names and their ages is really quite a hard thing to remember, especially if there's four or five kids. So yeah. just trying to commit all those things to memory immediately before a session. And just being okay with taking a break. You can always ask your clients to go for a walk. I mean, I guess not if you're in a studio, but you can always take a break and not Mm -hmm. to feel like you're unprofessional for doing that. We as creatives need a moment to look at the light. We need to look at the scenery. There might be people where we expect it to go and we need to pivot and rethink what our plan is. And I think clients want us to have a plan. They want us to feel like, we're in control and we know what we're doing. Um, So making sure that we have that confidence and that's only going to come with experience and practice and many, many mistakes along the way. Mm -hmm. Um, I've definitely tripped and my entire camera went into the sand and all sorts of horrible stories. (laughs) So like you're not going to like get it perfect right away and you always have to adapt. And even my experience of working with that photographer who had done wedding photos for 10 years you can always learn and you can always change it up and you can always change your style and add new things to your shoot every time. One thing we say a lot is try and do something different every shoot. Um, Like obviously you've got a paying client, so you've got a lot of stress to deliver. So that first 15 minutes might be quite awkward and you're just getting to know them. Middle of the shoot, like you're really getting all the content that you need, you're getting everything that they would expect. And then I always say like the last 15 minutes of shoot is for me. And I tell Mm -hmm. my clientele that I'm like, this is for me. These might not work out, but I really want to try this composition trick or this lighting trick or this strange pose or whatever. And just be upfront with that, I think. And, you know, as we all know, it's going to take some time to figure out what your rhythms are in your photo shoot. Yeah, I literally... The minute that you mentioned you had that couple that like got out of the car and they just like hated each other. I feel like every single person listening has probably had that experience or if they haven't, you probably will. It just like it's inevitable. At some point, you're just going to get like a weird dynamic. And I think it's important to be prepared for that. Like you were saying, like do your homework kind of just like make sure that you're ready for all types of people when you're shooting, not just like the ones that are like you. Um, You mentioned that you have like, you know, there's outgoing prompts and then there's like introverted props prompts. What would be some like introverted prompts that you would use for someone that's like not super comfortable with like those really crazy prompts? Yeah. Um, I often love them in a family session and I think in family sessions we think we need to like bring the energy in the play the whole time but those introverted prompts really come to play in those sorts of sessions so one of my favorite ones is like what color eyes does mom have do you know how many kids don't know what color eyes their mom has (laughs) like they are going to sit with mom and they are going to look and you just create these really beautiful yummy moments um Mm -hmm. another one is like tell your children the story of the day they were born or like how you met dad or like just those kind of, they create calmer, softer moments when everyone's still. So I really love those in especially a family shoot. For a couple, it might be like, and and like really you need to gauge your couple because if you said this to me and my husband, I'd be like, I'd laugh, but like (laughs) list three things you're proud of your partner. Mm -hmm. And with these, like some people's love is really comfortable and that resonates with them so deeply and they just love Mm -hmm. that and they sink into that. If you asked me that, I would laugh, but (laughs) so you really need to read your couples. I am personally much more outgoing, so I want to do funny things. But if you ask an introverted couple, like name three like breakfast cereals in your in your partner's ear in a sexy voice they'd be like why 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 is she asking me this that's Mm -hmm. ridiculous I'm not doing that so you really have to read your couple um or your family or your individual I think Mm -hmm. with like boudoir is amazing if you have a chance to like study boudoir photographers they are so good at 
like creating that intimacy and mm-hmm. like leaning into vulnerability. So for me, I found introverted prompts and clientele really difficult. So I leaned into that. So that's just, you know, if you find extroverted couples really difficult, study that, you know, mm-hmm. keep practicing that, get your weird extroverted friends and lean into that. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, um, I think that, I've said this once already, but just being prepared and committing, like, just give yourself a goal of five introverted prompts and five extroverted prompts before every session to memory um, will just make you feel so much more empowered. And I guarantee you will go through them all and you'll need to look at your phone again (laughs) or the next shoot you'll do, you'll be like, okay, I'm going to remember 10. Next shoot, I'm going to remember 12. And soon you won't need the unscripted app at all <laughs> and you will be a pro and you can just look back on it every few months and try and get some new ideas. But um, I think that takes time and it takes practice and leaning in to the fact that you don't always know what you're going to do next is totally fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. That's super good. When it comes to someone that maybe is just starting out, Um, and they're having a hard time posing, what advice would you give someone that is in that boat and just like is really struggling with posing? Um, Yeah, just any like beginner tips? Yeah, well, download the Unscripted app. (laughs) I made some poses to memory. Um, I think posing is the hardest part of photography, personally. I studied videography and photography, and I understand light and camera settings and composition. Um, I have done workshops, so I know, you know, the best photographer's workflow with editing and, um, you know, sending out questionnaires, contracts, and invoices, and all the email templates, like, got that stuff down pat, posing is completely unexpected and unexpected every single time. You never know what you're going to get. So feeling uncomfortable before every shoot is really normal. And any wedding photographer I speak to that's done it for 10 years still gets nervous before Mm -hmm. a wedding. So I think you just need to become a little bit uncomfortable, sorry, more comfortable with that uncomfortability because it's always going to be there. But, um, Yeah, posing is hard. And especially if you are less chatty and more introverted, I think you need to look at it more as like storytelling. And there's some really amazing introverted photographers that talk about this, like Annie Graham talks about this and Jai Long and a bunch of them that are more introverted photographers and speak for more authority than me. But I think if you can look at your shoot, like you are telling their story, this is not your story. It's not the Mm -hmm. the photos that you want for your Instagram. It's their story. And if they are introverted or they are um, extroverted or, you know, whatever their story may be, you really need to showcase that to the best of your ability and take your Mm -hmm. ego out of it. Um, So I think we can get trapped in this frenzy like, oh, I, you know, I I wanted to do this and and they didn't like want to do it and we didn't get to do this and you get a little bit insecure but I think at the end of the day you need to expect to pivot during your shoot it's not going to go to a plan um again just like committed committing some really solid prompts to memory is your get out of jail free card I really believe that um Mm -hmm. and just experience lots and lots of practice it's going to be uncomfortable you're going to make mistakes and you're going to learn along the way and you might become more of a photographer that leans into composition and light and the clients that book you are more interested in getting these really artistically composed photos than they are these really loud like smiling photos so Mm -hmm. don't feel like you're going to burn yourself out if you're trying to compare to everyone else you need to lean into what you're good at and if posing is just you're finding it way too hard then you need to look at it more as directing and getting more far away shots and the clientele that books you is going to want that. And yeah, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. That's like amazing. So just lean Mm -hmm. into that. Yeah. I, um, while you were talking, I kind of had this like epiphany about Pinterest boards and you know how like Pinterest boards kind of have like this bad rep and people are like, Oh, I don't want a Pinterest board sent to me because like, 
my couples will expect me to just like recreate everything that, you know, they see whatever. And like, yes, I totally agree with that. Cause like for a while, I feel like I really had this attitude, like this negative attitude towards Pinterest boards. And it was like, these people are trying to control how I shoot and they don't appreciate me artistically. But recently I've been kind of appreciating the Pinterest board vibe a little bit more because I feel like I kind of get a glimpse into their brain and what they value in a shoot, whether it's a little bit more of those artistic shots, or if they do like more of those like fun, candid, like laughing shots, or if they're into like the blurry vibe, or if they're into like more of an editorial, like serious posing or, you know, more of like the prompting and fun stuff. I feel like you can really see that when you ask your client to come and like put together like an idea of what they're expecting from the session. I don't necessarily think that you should maybe go and be like, Hey, send me a Pinterest board. But I think if you do receive a Pinterest board or if you're even able to like tell your couples or your families or whoever, like send photos from my Instagram to me and like, let me know which of these that you like and like why I feel like that is kind of helpful. Cause then you can capture your couple's, how they want to be captured. So it's almost like you have a good base to begin with. Um, and let's say that you've discovered that they do want more of an editorial vibe. Then you can go and look at editorial poses and kind of like see what you would say to get them into that editorial mood. But it kind of has to like start with like understanding what they want first and foremost, and then going and like getting the poses that match that. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you really do need to lean into that and like respect what they put together for you. Like if it's a Pinterest board or an answer on your questionnaire, one questionnaire question that's in one of the unscripted questionnaires, I'm not sure which one, but it is what's like, show me one photo from my Instagram that you just absolutely love. And I think mm-hmm. that's really useful because they're not, you're not asking them to do it a Pinterest in that situation but generally people do and photographers want a Pinterest board or some sort of inspiration but if you're actually looking at my work then what is it about that photo that you love is it the location Mm -hmm. is it the light is it the emotion like what is it and lean in and ask more about that photo um the more I shot and the more of a like Instagram that I built up I found that people were creating like you know how you can save folders on Instagram they're creating these saved folders of my work um, and saying like, I want this shot and this shot. And I like that location. And I was like, oh, this is just amazing. At the time, those folders weren't shareable. So they'd send me screenshots. I think they're shareable now. Um, But maybe, yeah, like I guess your your client's always going to send you some sort of inspiration if they (laughs) are really committed to the cause. So you just have to lean into that. But if you can pivot it and say, okay, cool. I think I get like the vibe that you're looking for over here. Is there anything in my work or my portfolio that you are really attracted to and why? Um, Mm -hmm. I think that gets the direction back to what you are actually going to do for them, what your artistic talents are. Um, Like there's no point in sending them, them a pin board of editorial stuff from New York when you live in a country town like it's just not right. really the same <laughs> so um setting expectations is yeah right. important and um I guess we could have a whole other podcast on that but you know your <laughs> questionnaires and your contracts and the way that you communicate with your clients is all part of that yeah. but 100% which was your point about save some poses that maybe stretch you out of your comfort zone because your clientele has obviously expressed that they would be interested in trying that Um, Mm -hmm. if it's too far out of your style, then obviously you need to maybe have that conversation with them, but don't be afraid to try new things. Um, Mm -hmm. all of us here in the office, we're all photographers and we're all doing creative shoots all the time. And every single time we are like looking over each other's shoulders and being like, Whoa, that is so cool. I never like would have thought of a breastfeeding session in underwear in like a flower garden I don't know like <laughs> something like that it's just so cool and it's like she's a wedding photographer and she's photographing her best friend's newborn baby and you know mm-hmm. she's never done that before so mm-hmm. just push yourself um creatively and just yeah I, I think 
and again, we can have another podcast about that, but you don't need to copy everybody else, but you right. also don't need to strive for this like intense creativity either. You just, yeah. <laughs> you just need to push your own boundaries every time and mm-hmm. know what those boundaries are, what you're comfortable with and don't compare yourself to someone who's doing these incredible shoots that take years and years of commitment and practice and money and models. Just what is, what is your goal? And just always try and hit that goal and push a little bit past that every time. Mm -hmm. Wow. I love that. This has been a really good podcast episode. I feel like talking about the app, but also just talking about posing in general, like it's very refreshing to get like a different perspective on posing because I feel like posing is kind of like the one thing that you really have to learn by experience. It's really hard to teach someone how to pose unless you are able to like show them like firsthand as you're doing it. Like it's hard to like verbally teach someone how to pose. So I hope that this podcast episode for everyone listening just kind of like gave you just a little bit of like a refreshing take on posing and just like encouraged you to try some new things and not be stuck in your ways and be willing to learn because I think like that's the most important lesson. It's just like push yourself, pose differently every session and just like push yourself creatively. Um, I love that. So just to wrap it up, I would love for you to tell everyone where they can find you, follow you, um, find the app and all of that. Yeah. Um, well, search Unscripted in your app store. Um, follow us on Instagram. And we are always doing new things. We have <laughs> uh, heaps and heaps of tools for especially new photographers. So what we always set out to do was to be this mobile first solution for on the go, new and aspiring photographers. So you can totally set up your business through Unscripted with questionnaires and contracts and now galleries. Um, and for those who are a little bit more experienced, we've got a web platform as well. So it was really important that we keep growing with you. Um, and we are always going to stay true to being mobile first and everything we design and develop is going to be for that modern photographer that's always on the go. So stay tuned. Yeah, that's very exciting. I love new things. Um, and I love that it's just like all there for like multiple tools. Like it's just, yeah, love it. Cool. Well, Cheryl, thank you so much for being on today's episode. Um, it was so great chatting with you and I hope everyone listening, um, has a great rest of their day. Expose my mind to clarity. Oh, my spirit shudders. Capture the moment, oh, keep my sanity, the wisdom rushing in, so much clearer now, getting a little bit higher, with every step I take.